women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. Welcome. My name is Esme Lawrence, the host of this podcast, Sprinting to Success. My guest today is a Vietnam entrepreneur of 15 years. She's a publisher of Pageant Platform Magazine and the host of Pageant Platform Podcast. She's a former owner of Strictly Marketing Magazine and host of Strictly Marketing Talk Radio. My guest today is Carrie Heaps. Carrie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you and your listening audience. Oh, it's an honor to have you here. So I'm going to um, ask you the questions. What were some of the challenges that you had as a child? Wow, that's a great question. And I'll tell you, as a child, I probably had quite a few um, growing up. I was very shy. Believe it or not, when people hear that, they're usually taken aback, like, wow, you are? You're, you were shy? And I'm like, yeah. I had a very hard time growing up. I was uh, bullied a lot. You know, back then we called it being picked on, but it's, right. I guess today it's called being bullied. Um, so I had a difficult time. Didn't have many friends. I was very quiet and shy and just really kind of kept to myself. I had uh, low self-esteem. And just even though I knew I had something special to offer, it just, I wasn't being nurtured in the right way. And I really was considered a late bloomer and really didn't kind of, you know, kind of start coming out of my, out of my own and really developing into the person that I am until I was in college. Right. So that's probably the biggest thing. It's self-esteem and being really shy. Right. And did you have brothers and sisters? I did. I'm the youngest of four. Oh, okay. And so you were the baby. The baby. Absolutely. <laughs> the baby of the family. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so um, fast forward to high school. What were some of the other challenges that you um, found yourself in? Um, high school, I really started to, you know, have my own group of friends. I was still very shy, but was coming out of it. Um, I started getting interested in, in the modeling and acting industry and wanted to kind of try my hand at that, but I still wouldn't dare tell anybody because I didn't want anyone to laugh at me or, you know, make fun of me. And I really buckled down um, and learned. I just started learning a lot. I, you know, did my homework, became a really good student. Um, so I would say more of the challenges would still be that shyness and just not really coming out of my shell, right. but realizing I was kind of like, you know what? And I was in a small town. I grew up in a very small town. My graduating class, I think we had 70, 75 people. 75, that is small. Yeah. And <laughs> we thought it was big because it was such a small community. Right. But it, it just, it, it wasn't, you know, sometimes too, I think where we grow up, um, you know, we go through experiences where it's challenging and we just, we, I really wanted to fit in when I was in high school, but I just didn't. I was always felt awkward standing out and just never really felt like I was in the crowd, you know. Right. So what pulled you towards modeling? Well, two things. When I graduated high school and started a community college, I 
started to, you know, my looks were changing. I was, like I said, a late bloomer. So I had always looked really kind of gawky and awkward. And then I started to just kind of develop my facial features and, you know, my body looked a certain way. I'm petite. And at the time I cut my hair off to have like a pixie haircut. Now, I don't know if you remember back from the sixties, uh, Twiggy, Yes, the, I remember Twiggy. Yes. I, when I was waiting tables, I would have a lot of people tell me because I have the big eyes and I had the short hair. I have tons of modeling photos that make me look like Twiggy, but um, I would have people say to me, hey, you, have you ever been told you look like Twiggy? I would get Twiggy or Betty Boop. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> Betty Boop, but I got it enough where people asked me, have you ever modeled before? And it just really started to pique my curiosity more because I already had an interest in it. So what I did one day is I found a modeling agent through the yellow pages because back then we didn't have the internet or Google or anything like that. And there was a modeling agent in Tallahassee, which was two hours away from where I lived. And I called, I made an appointment with her. I didn't tell anybody I was going up there. I met with her. We did some photos. She said, let's do a couple of photo shoots. See how it turns out I was very photogenic. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And then I wound up, she did a, a brief modeling class. So I would drive up there Wednesday nights and take a modeling class. Again, I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. She was competing. She would take groups of kids to a competition called Models of the South every year. They don't have that competition anymore, but it was held in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to that. And again, didn't really tell anybody. I did tell my parents that I was going to go compete. And my mother went with me. Uh, the first year I went. And uh, I had a few people who donated money as sponsors. You know, I sold some advertising. I went there, I competed, I got a few callbacks. I won uh, first place for being most photogenic. I won third place for, you know, an acting division and third place for something else. So, and I got new pictures made. So when I came back, we put a big announcement in the paper with my photo, one of my modeling pictures and how I placed. And boom, all of a sudden everybody knew and they were just really surprised. And that's just really kind of how that came, you know, came about. Right. But it was really, it was, I, I never did anything really big. And right. that's what I tell people, you know, with pageantry, with acting and modeling, if your children ever want to get into that, encourage that because it does two things. It helps build up their self-esteem. You learn how to take rejection because everybody's going to have to hear no at some point in their life. So it taught me that. And it taught me to come out of my shell to be able to talk to people more. I mean, I went from being where I wouldn't say two words in high school. Now people would be like, if I give you $20, will you be quiet? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I just talk too much. That's right. So, but what a, what a great way to get rid of your shyness, you know, exactly. model, right? Because when you're modeling, you're showing your body, everything, right? Your air, your, you are. Your, you know, showing so many things about you and you're out there, you're the center of attention. Mm -hmm. Right. So what a great way to get rid of um, the shyness. And so did the shyness leave you? Oh, yeah, it did. <laughs> it quickly. did. I, could, I couldn't tell you where it's at now. <laughs> well, you need that to, as, an, as an entrepreneur. You need that to get rid of that shyness. You do. And so what are some of the challenges as an adult? As an adult, I found, you know, I found I've struggled with different parts of my life. And I would say as an adult, I really started to struggle after after school, after college, um, you know, basically, okay, I have to go find a job now. And at heart, I've always been an entrepreneur, you know, and when you have it inside of you that that's what you need to be, you're never satisfied with the jobs you have. And I've had wonderful jobs. I worked as an executive assistant for a construction company supporting the CEO staff. 
I did event planning. Um, I've had another job where I worked as a legal assistant for two different attorneys and a great job. You know, these are jobs that people, if they get them, the salary's good, their benefits are great, and they can, they have a great boss. Why would you want to leave? But I never, it was never anything about the job. It was always about me. I just right. wasn't being, I wasn't feeding my spirit. I wasn't satisfying what was in my soul. And right. when I really started to realize, okay, I need to be an entrepreneur is when I started to go into the sales industry. And I started selling for, uh, I was working part-time at John Casablanca, teaching modeling and acting classes. And they had a sales job that popped open and they said, you should apply for that. You'd be great. And I'm like, oh no, no, I, I can't do sales. I don't know what I'm doing. Turned out I was phenomenal at it. I did great. I thrived in it. And, you know, then that's when I was like, okay, this is a really good fit for me. And I'm like, you know what, if I can sell, I can be an entrepreneur. I really want right. to be my own boss. I want to do this on my own. Right. So that was a challenge. Right. I find that um, you have to um, go do things that, um, that you're passionate about because um, your passion will fuel you and, you know, and, and it will, um, you know, make sure that when you're in your passion, you're so happy. When you're in your passion, you know, like um, the days will just like stand still. <laughs> Time will stand still because you are um, able to just um, have fun and enjoy um, being, you know, do whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. You know, they say that if you, um, you know, if you are doing something that you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's absolutely true. And that's, I've had people ask me, you know, you've been in business for 15 years. What's your secret? And I'm like, it's two things. You got to be passionate about what you're doing because your passion's going to pull you out of bed on the days right. you don't want to get out you're still going to have problems as an entrepreneur and you have to have that, you got to have that drive, but that also it's the passion. And if you ever ignore your passion, it's never going to leave you. It's going to continue to bug you just like it did me. It's like, okay, well, I don't really like, I'm not happy here. Let me try this job. Right. No, I'm not happy here. Let me try this. And it just, it really got to the point. I'm like, I need to have my own business. I, I need to be working for myself. Right. So if you can offer three tips to entrepreneurs, uh, what would they be? The first and foremost is, you know, follow your passion. The second thing I would tell you is, you know, you need to, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. Just like working in corporate is not for everyone. Right. So people who want to try it, you know, thinking, hey, I think I'd like to have my own business. I would challenge them and say, look, why don't you go and find a position that you can do outside sales commission only, sell insurance, sell, um, sell credit card processing systems, sell event tickets, whatever, uh, whatever widget that's out there. But do that for a couple of weeks because that's going to give you a really good idea of what you're going to have to do with most of your time. Sales always has to be your number one priority. And whether you, are, you feel comfortable doing it or not, if you're passionate about what you're doing, you will be able to sell it. But the passion's right. got to be there first. The willingness to sell, I would say, would be second. You know, so you know, try your hand at that because it is not easy being an entrepreneur. And I would say, you know, the third thing is, you know, trust your gut, trust your instinct. You know, you're in business for yourself. And even though I'm at the point now where I have employees and so forth, but at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, it stops with me. Everything stops and ends with me. So if the I don't have that good of you. A, yeah. <laughs> right. If I don't have a good feeling about something, I got to follow that. Women, we have intuition for a reason. 
And sometimes, you know, you have to use that in your business. It's no different than any other part of your life. So I think those would probably be the, the biggest things that I would right. tell someone. As an entrepreneur, um, you know, like you, it's not like a nine to five job. You, um, you know, you are going out there and you're hustling, right? And, but sometimes the, when the money doesn't come in, like you expect it to come in, what do you do? Me personally, I do a couple of things. Number one, I journal and I will say, okay, I need to bring in, let's say $26,000 or $25,000. Okay. So I'm like, okay, that's my goal. So I journal about that. And I journal about, okay, I make it sound like, okay, what, what does this feel like? I just made the money. What does that feel like? I, I think about how I'm going to feel after I make it. There's no question about whether, oh, I may not be able to do it. I'm going to do it. How's it going to feel afterwards? So that's the first thing that I do. And I do that every day. Everyone should, should journal every day anyway, but that's what I do in this case. Second thing that I do is I take very uh, inspired, focused action, meaning, okay, if I have to bring in $25,000, what are the products or services that I have right now that I can sell? Do I need to have someone pay in full? Do I need to have a payment plan? How many of each do I need? Who do I need to contact? And I just start making a list and I, I hop on the phone and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a hundred calls right now. And I make a hundred calls. I don't take any other calls. I don't check email. I focus on those calls. I take very focused action. Okay. I let nothing else interfere with that. And then I'm like, okay, what else do I need to do? I need to send out an email. I need to send out our newsletter, put out a posting on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on all the social media links. I take every possible amount of action. I will flip back through our file of who looked at buying from us in the past that didn't want to. And I recall them, Hey, we're doing a special and here's what it is. And you know, let's sign you up today. So I take very inspired action, but I do that. I hit it hard every single day until I reach that goal. And if you I, will do that, oh, you'll hit your that. goal. You'll hit your goal if you do that. I love that inspired action because um, when you have a goal, you, first of all, you said you write it down and you right. get the feeling of how do you feel when you succeed? Exactly. And then you, you just take action. You say, every, everything else stops <laughs> and you just go towards the goals. If you need to make 100 calls, you do it. I love that because mm -hmm. it's focused and it's the only way you can accomplish anything is just being focused. And I find too, that when you do this process, you'll find that that inspired, that focus that you're doing, the action, the inspired action inspires the universe to where you're going to start getting calls and emails from people that you haven't heard from in months. that are like, Hey, I think I'm ready to start now. I mean, just out of the blue, it always right. happens that way, but you got to take this step. It has to build momentum. Everything has to build momentum. But at the end of the day, you have to put action behind your words. So oh, if I, I say, I, I just made $25,000, so I'm going to allocate $2,000 to this trip. And then the rest is going to cover what this needs to cover. And I'll probably, I may buy myself a new dress. I think I'm going to buy the one that I saw that's red. And I get very detailed in my mind of what this looks like after I made the money. And right. I always put a timestamp on it. So if I say two weeks, it gets done in two weeks, two weeks, no oh, exception. Yes. There is no backup plan. There is, there are no exceptions. You get it done. Get it done. There, if, even if you wake up at four in the morning, it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> and as an entrepreneur, done. you're going to have to do that. And that's, yes. you know, people see you, they think, oh, you must have such a great life. But what they don't see, okay, are, the, are like, it's okay, it's eight o'clock tonight. It's, it's Friday, eight o'clock tonight here where I'm at in Florida. 
and I'm doing a podcast where most of the people I know are out, you know, they're, they're having dinner, they're having drinks, they're going right. out having a great time. You have to make sacrifices. You know, tomorrow I'm doing some work as well. I mean, I'm going to take some classes and things like that, but I have work I have to do tomorrow. You know, so I, I do get to plan to take time off, but you know, there are times I'm up at 2.30 in the morning working on administrative stuff or, you know, if, I've, if we're shorthanded, I have to step in and fill that block. Right. Um, there are, I mean, I thought when I quit my job, you know, because I was working in the staffing industry, I thought, oh, I'm not going to have any more bad days now because I'm working for myself. You still have bad days. It's just a different type of bad day. Right. You know? Exactly. Because you're dealing yeah. with people, you're dealing with um, some of the boring stuff that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Because in yeah. every job, there's going to be the, the, the stuff that you love to do the, right. and the stuff that you, you know, you have to do. They're boring, um, they're tedious, but you have to do it in order to succeed at the you stuff do. that you really want. Mm -hmm. Right. You are so an expert in so many different things. So tell us uh, about uh, body language <laughs> basics. Well, body language basics, I actually teach a class and I actually do workshops and breakout sessions on this and I, I title it bodies don't lie. And it's body language basics. So I teach people how to, you know, if they're talking to another person, if they're interviewing someone, a candidate, or if they're talking to a prospect, and they're trying to figure out, you know, is this person going to buy from me? Do I need to lower my price? Where are they at? You know, little things that you can do. Like, for example, you, you can tell I talk with my hands a lot. I'm pretty animated. Um, but usually with, when someone's talking with their hands, that's a good sign. That usually means that they're telling you the truth. They're open and honest because they have their palms to you. Right. This is all open, meaning where if I'm like this, oh, I don't know. And I got my my elbows kind of or my shoulders scrunched up to my, you know, my my ears, then, yeah, I'm probably, you know, really backing away from what you're saying. Um, and then there's, there's several little tips and things that you can, you can learn about, but I've always been interested in body language. How I got started in that is when I worked in the corporate arena, I worked as a recruiter and I did business development and I wound up, you know, uh, helping to recruit. I, I worked a split desk or what they call in the industry a split desk. And I remember one of my first big clients we brought in, which was KPMG, the big accounting firm. And we had to start filling immediately for different jobs. And one of the jobs that they were looking to fill, I was helping to interview. They, we brought someone in, a young woman who, in the interview, things she was doing, she was real jittery, um, you know, just her leg was bouncing up and down. And she was just, you know, her fingers were tapping and she was just, had a lot of nervous energy. Right. And I even said to the recruiter, I don't think we should bring her on board for this. Something's not right. And they were like, oh, no, no, I'm sure she's just anxious. She wants to get to work. She hasn't worked in a while. Like, okay, well, three or four weeks later, I get the call. And I have, you know, KPMG is bringing me in because, you know, she was doing some things that were actually kind of considered not illegal, but at the time just really, you know, with the, their system, you couldn't use outside internet access. And she was using that to, um, you know, do some adult website things. So I'll just leave it there. Inappropriate things. Inappropriate. Very. <laughs> right. And here it is. I was mortified. What was I supposed to do? So when I went back to the office, I said, see, I told you something wasn't right. I didn't know what it was. But typically when people are dis uh, displaying nervous habits like that and they're doing weird off the wall things, there is something going on in the background that they don't want you to know about. Right. They're hiding so, something. 
Exactly. So that's when I started learning about body language and I was hooked. I studied it ever since. And I consistently, I tell people, I'm like, look, if you want to practice reading body language, when you go to the airport, when you're at the mall, watch people watch, watch people walk around, watch people when they're sitting down, when they're standing up, when they're walking and rushing through, you can kind of start to read people better that way because you're seeing so many different types of people, men, women, children, right. um, you know, and they're displaying all sorts of different signals. So I was just hooked on it at that. And I, and it helped me a lot in the recruiting industry. And it's helped me a lot with my business. Cause I, I pick up on things sometimes and I'm like, ah, uh, oh, I don't yeah. think we're going to move forward. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel right. I can't put yeah. my finger on it, but, uh, but you know, that person's not right for the job or, you know, exactly. Um, to going forward with. Right. So exactly. now I'm interested in, uh, in this because um, you're really an expert too in networking. So, so what are some of the, um, the do's that um, if somebody's out there trying to network with other people, what should they do to be, to have a, to be effective at networking with others? Great question. And I would say first and foremost, whenever you go to a networking event, we all want to make connections to make right. our business grow. That's the ultimate goal. But try to look at it when you go, you know, you got your business cards, maybe you're going to a lunch event, breakfast event. And think about it as, okay, I'm going to make connections today, but I want to see how many people I can help today. Okay. So go into it with that attitude. The second thing I would tell you to do, and I did this a lot when I, you know, would have, would host networking events over the years, because I used to do my own events as well, trade shows, networking events, things like that. So I would tell everyone, look, if you go into a room and it's a lunch event, have sit next to somebody where somebody is on your left hand side that you don't know you've never met them before make an effort to sit down because people will do that they'll work in pairs they know they know betty so they're going to sit next to betty and have right. lunch and chat that's not the purpose of this go sit next to someone you don't know introduce yourself you know find out what they do hey it's great to meet you and just over the course of that get to know that one person and I like to ask, I have four questions that I love to ask people that I have just met. And they're very good for networking. And you can kind of work them into the conversation very quickly. So this way you're helping that person and you want them in turn to help you as well. But this is kind of twofold. So if I was sitting next to you, I would just be like, oh, you know, so tell me, you know, after you told me what you did and, and you know, who you are and I got your business card. So, you know, tell me what, you know, what are you looking for this week? What, do you, what are your needs right now? You might tell me that you're looking to hire someone. You might tell me, oh, well, you know, actually I'm, you know, looking for a new hairdresser. I'm new in town and I need this, this, and this. Yeah. So it might be an opportunity for me to introduce you to other contacts that I have. Okay. And the second thing I might ask you is, well, you know, with your business, who makes a good strategic partner for you? Meaning, you know, if somebody's a realtor, you know, a mortgage broker or title person would be a good, a good strategic partner. You go after the same type of customer, but you're not competing. Right. Okay? It's a, it's a complimentary service. So I'm going to find that out about you. And I want to, you know, I always write notes down on the back of people's business cards because I'm never going to remember this stuff. I, I don't have I do that memory. too. I do that too. So then I, I will remember them next time. Exactly. And then they know too that you're, in, you're genuinely interested in helping right. them. Yes. And then I usually will ask, I'll say, you know what, Esme, let me tell you about my client base. Okay. Let me tell you about the different clients I have. And why don't you tell me 
who you'd benefit the most from an introduction. Now, why I like this is because as I'm going through it, I'm like, well, I know, um, I know Bill Black, he hosts his own radio show. And he's, um, you know, for anybody that's looking to retire out their business, that's what he does. You know, so I'm, as I'm telling you who my client base is, you're thinking, okay, well, I couldn't benefit from that guy, but hey, I know somebody who does that, you know, right. so that's, it's twofold. That way you, I draws you into that conversation of how you can help me, okay? And then the last thing that I will normally ask them, you know, after I've done that is, you know, well, is there, you know, what kind of situations is a potential client in for you? Like, for example, are they in the process of moving? Are they filing for bankruptcy? Are they starting a business? Are they, are they growing? Are they going from 10 employees to 20? You know, can you kind of describe some of those situations? So that way you walk away with a really good understanding of how you can help them. You can probably introduce them to other people and they know how they can help you. Right. A lot of times when you do this, you'll find other people at the table will stop what they're doing and listen. Wow. And then they're like, hey, I know if you, you <laughs> want to deal with, uh, you know, speakers, oh, I know a ton of speakers. So it's a great way to get other people involved in the conversation. And what's also good about this is that if I have three or four people that I can introduce to you from that conversation, I have three or four people. Maybe I haven't spoken to them in six months. Hey, I got somebody I'd love for you to meet. Is it okay if I do an email introduction? What's going on with you? I've had that conversation with people and literally they're like, I'm glad you called. My cousin is, is getting ready to uh, start interviewing and they, you know, she needs kind of like a review or a refresher. Could you help her uh, just with interviewing, um, you know, do a mock interview with her? Sure. Why not? So you never know what's going to come of that by helping others. So always exactly. go into it with the attitude of helping the other person and you will always win if you do that. Oh, I love that. Just um, you go into it uh, with um, a heart of giving, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then and just being, uh, you know, being caring about others mm -hmm. and say, how can I help you? And, you know, and because when you when I noticed that when you help others, sometimes they'll turn around and help you. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think it's really good because um, then it's like a win win. Exactly. Um, you know, and even if they don't help you, it doesn't matter. Right. Maybe not this time, but maybe another time. Mm -hmm. You know, it might come back to you. Now, I also know that you're really, um, you know, an expert too in speaking. Um, now, how does somebody become comfortable on the stage? On the stage? Well, you know, everyone's different. I still get butterflies in my stomach before I go on stage. I, I always have. I mean, it just, you know, it's just normal. And yeah, then I, I get up there normal. and I'm like, oh, I love yeah. it. You know, and that's like, I, right. they can't get me to be quiet. Right. So, it's natural to always have kind of like that upset feeling in your stomach. But, you know, as you're starting out, the, the best thing you can do is just you got to get out there and speak. I mean, so, you know, start out like at your like local networking event, your local chamber, see if you can speak, see if you feel comfortable. If you're really nervous about it and you're really having trouble with it, go join something like Toastmasters. Another good thing you can do is practice on your own and record yourself. That way you can see are you shaking your head too much? Are you, right. are you walking around too much, like making the room dizzy? You know, so you can kind of correct different things. You can get a feel for how your message comes across. I actually practice my presentations alone a couple of times a year, you know, just so, and I'll, I'll videotape myself right. and then go back and watch it and go, okay, you know, I should change this or I should change that. So think of it as acting, you know, that this is a script, you're going up there, you're acting, you're, you're doing this body, bodies don't lie um, piece for the, the next 50 minutes. And you need to be engaging, you need to be energetic, you need to be funny, you know, you need to make it fun. 
So always practice on your own. But if you're really like, if you like, you feel like you're going to throw up, you're shaking your voice, then join a Toastmasters. That's going to help you a lot right. because they'll be able to coach you through it. And, and sometimes people need more time to get comfortable. So everybody has to go according to their comfort level. Right. And so how, how long do you um, practice for when you have a speech, say 25 minutes, 20 minutes, how long would you practice for? Would you take a month, two months, three months to practice that speech? With mine, because I have I have two main ones that I do: bodies don't lie, and then media coverage. How to you know gain more media coverage, you know, or gain more uh, sales through media engagement. So with those two things that I do, and I also speak on networking, but usually I try to practice those a couple of times a year. But usually your speech, if it's a keynote, it's going to be about thirty minutes long. Um, and if it's a, a workshop or breakout session, they have them capped out at 45 to 50 minutes. So you need to, when you're practicing, you should go from start to finish. It shouldn't be just practicing your intro. Do the whole thing uh, when you're practicing. Right. And so how long would you, should you practice for? You know, a couple of uh, Like couple with me, weeks? if I'm going to do my, oh, uh, in terms of length, I mean, me yes. personally, I'll do it like maybe once a quarter every other month. Um, you know, and then especially if I have one coming up, I'll practice maybe the week before or uh, the week moving up to, or I'll practice the night before I have to take the stage as well. So again, if I feel comfortable enough with it, I don't have to do it that much, but you should right. practice as much as you need to feel comfortable. Once you feel like you're, okay, I got this, you know, I don't feel nervous anymore. I know what I'm going to say. All the kinks are worked out of the, the system. Then that, you know, you have to stop on your own comfort level. Oh, definitely. I think practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. And so you just, you know, practice and practice until, as you said, you feel comfortable right. and then like, and then, and go into the speech with confidence. Mm -hmm. right? you know, exactly. and fun exactly. enjoy yeah. what you're doing all right so Carrie so go back with all the knowledge you have now um go back and talk to your young self what words of wisdom would you tell your young self oh wow um don't sweat the small stuff everything's going to be great you're going to do wonderful everything you're experiencing now is going to build you into a great person so just keep keep going where you're going keep plugging away and do what you're doing don't change anything Right. And That's so you are very successful, but what is it that you're still struggling with now? Um, I would say now uh, would be the growth section of my business. It's growing pains. And um, I would say the biggest thing with my business is letting go, letting go. You know, you have the reins, you know, for so long that you're like, when you have to start letting people help you and, and right. do certain things in your business and letting that responsibility go to someone else. It, it's tough. And I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, they get to that point and it is, it's hard to let go. So I am struggling with that. I'm trying to do better with it. Um, I am a big believer in consistently improving yourself. I mean, I like this year I signed up for Krav Maga. I signed up for kickboxing classes. Nice. Um, I'm learning uh, sign language and French and plan to be fluent in both by the end of the year. Beautiful. So I always feel you should always sharpen your saw. We're never, we're never too young or too old to learn. And, it, and everything that I'm doing will, will help me personally and professionally. But I think um, you really have to, you know, let, not just letting go. I think that's a big challenge. And then to just balancing everything, you know, um, you want to have time for you. And because, and, you know, before you know it, life passes you by and you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, here it is. It's already the 31st of January. The right, exactly. Month of the new year is over. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, Curry, I, I love it when you say sharpen your, your sharpen axe. Your sh yes. Sharpen your axe. <laughs> 
sure, yeah. you know, sharpen your sword or your axe or whatever you, um, you know, whatever you want to use, sharpen it. Which means that, you know, learn something new. You know, right. don't just sit in your comfort zone and not uh, try something new. So ladies and gentlemen, learn something new. So mm-hmm. Carrie, what would you like to share with our audience today? Um, well, I think just in general, one of the things that I've really been passionate about this past year is just to pass on, be kind to one another. We we all, one thing that I'm kind of implementing this year too, it's like I have been inspired by, um, you know, some of the things the celebrities have been doing. Like uh, one one gentleman left a waitress a, two, a $2,020 tip for 2020. Wow. So I've been doing little things where I'm buying gift cards and putting $20 and 20 cents on it and handing them out to random strangers saying, you know, hey, I wanted to brighten your day. Um, When they had the Salvation Army out ringing the bells, the lady who was out there, I bought her snacks. And she was so appreciative. She hugged me. And I'm like, oh, you know, that, you know, you're welcome. And I was so it was just a little thing, but it made her so happy. So I think we need more of that in the world. So that's what I would say across the board. That's all if you can, you know, be kind to one another, anything you can do, open up the door for someone else, let them out in traffic before you, because you just don't know what everybody you don't know what other people are dealing with. Exactly. And I think the more we can help one another, uh, the better. So that's really what I would want to share right now with everyone. Great words of wisdom, spread love. Mm-hmm. So ladies and gentlemen, so yeah. Carrie, thank you so much for um, being with us today. It was amazing it was conversation. Oh, it was yeah. awesome. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Sprinting to Success podcast with your host, Esme Lawrence. Thank you and have an amazing day. I'm Carrie Heaps. I am known as a connector and I'm sprinting to success with Esme Lawrence. Woohoo! Thank you so much, <laughs> Carrie. Thank you. That was you're awesome. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to EsmeLawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.